You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, welcome out to church tonight. It is so fantastic to see you all. No my, Heidi my, welcome to every single person who is watching. A special welcome to you if you are a guest with us. If you're visiting, we're just so stoked that you are joining us tonight. Hey, I am really excited. Can I tell you why I'm so excited? I'm excited because we are believing, we are praying that today is our last online service. We're going back in the room next Sunday. We're going back in the room across all our locations, currently still at red light. Uh, So we've still got online running, don't worry about that. We've got in the room, we're gonna have watch parties. We're so excited about it. Registrations are up right now. So there's a link coming up. You can click on those, get yourself registered for Sunday, plan it, organize it, bring your family, get everybody along. Make sure you check out how each campus is doing it. Make sure you don't miss out on being in the room because we're so pumped uh, to be able to see you again in person. I've got a message tonight that I'm calling very extreme trust. And I want to talk about what it means to learn how to trust God in seasons of chaos and confusion. And I don't know about you, but that feels like a good time right now. Am I right? All right, let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that it is life giving. And God, right now, I pray that you would give me the words, Lord, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord, that you would speak to every single person watching. No matter where they're watching from, oh Lord, I pray you'd meet them right where they're at. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Well, uh, just at the beginning of this year, or the end of last year, uh, Judah, my oldest son, and a bunch of his friends went along to Rainbow's End. And some of us parents just tagged along to help out and supervise. Uh, and after we'd been on like the roller coaster and the log flume and uh, the bumper boats and a few other of the standard general rides, the, the gold rush, after we'd been on those, we hit a ride, a newer ride called the Stratosphere. Now, if you've been on the Stratosphere, you will know that there are two different levels of intensity for this ride. The lower level intensity is called the less extreme. It's less extreme. It's kind of more like the, uh, the pirate ship in what it does. The ride just goes like this, up and down from side to side. Like you have to hold on tight. You're happy to have that harness on. It's just enough scary and kind of queasy to make you think you're gonna bring up your breakfast, but it's not too bad. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all right. And then there's a ride called the very extreme ride, the side of the ride, the level of intensity called the very extreme ride. Now you have to be a little bit taller than on the less extreme uh, for the very extreme ride. And then, uh, and this ride is, it's more like a near death experience than a fun like a uh, theme park kind of roller coaster ride. And this ride, you do the you do the side to side, but you keep getting higher and higher until suddenly you find yourself literally dangling in the air 30 meters above the ground for what feels like the longest five seconds of your entire life before you come back around to make a full 360 degree turn. Now, all the kids All the 11-year-old kids line up in this ride. They all line up in the less extreme, all except one child, my child, Judah. 
he lines up for the very extreme ride. And before I can talk to him to convince him that this is a bad life choice, he is on that ride and he is being strapped on. Now, while Judah may have been tall enough, I'm not sure anyone checked if he was wide enough because if you've seen this kid, you know he is skinny as a rake and he rattled around in that thing like he was gonna fall out of that harness at any moment. Now listen, I know, I know that they would have done all sorts of tests. I know that they would have, have it would have been to the highest safety standard that they possibly need to do. I know that he would have been put under pressure to prove that it was trustworthy, but you could not have assured me enough in that moment as I watched my skinny 11 year old riding around and hanging upside down 30 meters from the sky. I couldn't watch. I honestly couldn't watch. I was trying to video it for Steve. I couldn't watch. I was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch it. Oh no, I can't watch this. I wanted to be sick. It was like the worst 30 seconds of my life. And I can remember the sight of it. I can remember the feeling. I've never been more relieved, guys. I've never been more relieved when I saw his feet hit solid ground. And when he got off that ride, do you know what he said to me? He said, hey, mom, I don't think I was big enough for that ride. I was rattling around. I was holding. If I wasn't holding on, I'm, I'm sure I would have fallen through the gaps. You know, I can't help but think that there are some seasons in life that feels like we are on that very extreme roller coaster ride. Am I right? Seasons in life where we literally feel like, I feel like I'm dangling from 30 meters above. Uh, I feel like I'm being brought around and around 360 degrees. I'm putting all my trust, I'm putting all my trust in this thing that holds me. Most of the time, life's like the less extreme one though, right? Most of the time, it's a little less extreme. Like, you know, we're on the pirate ship. We're, we're swaying. We need the harness. We're thankful for the harness. We need it. We're still holding on. But we know that it's simply the ebbs and flows of life. We know that that's what life is. And, and so it's still a roller coaster. And, but we can manage it. And then there are seasons, there are times, there are years, probably for you, if you're anything like me, like the last two years of our life, you know, from 2020 onwards, that feel like we're on the very extreme, right? Like this, guys, this ride is very extreme. Like, I feel like I am hanging on, for, like, I feel like, some, do you feel like you're in a season where you are like, close my eyes, hang on for dear life, am I hanging, how long am I going to be hanging upside down for somebody, help me? And you just can't catch your breath until you're, you're just waiting for it to be over until your feet hit solid ground. I mean, what is going on in the world today? Like seriously, I turned on the news the other night, don't watch it very often, it kind of brings down my day, but I turned on the news the other night, one news reel, one like just the highlights reel of the news and this is what was on. There was the worldwide pandemic, of course. There was a world war breaking out. There was extreme flooding in Australia. There was the petrol price rises. And then in Christchurch, there was a crisis where people were keeping hundreds of bunnies in their backyard in overcrowded living situations. I mean, even the bunnies can't get a break. The bunnies aren't even safe. And that was just the newsreel. That wasn't even your newsreel. That wasn't even just what's going on in your life. And I wonder what is going on in your world right now that's making you feel like you are dangling upside down 30 metres from the ground, hoping, holding on for dear life, hoping this will be over soon. And it's in those seasons that we have no choice but to trust in the thing that's holding us. And that's what I wanna talk about today. I wanna talk about a trust, a trust that holds on, a trust that holds on in the seasons of chaos 
and confusions. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Can I tell you that I have been through one of those extreme, uh, uh, very extreme seasons. I have been through a very extreme season where I have had to do, I couldn't do anything else but hold on for dear life. And I came to learn a few things that I would love to share with you tonight. And there were a few things and I've got three of them tonight that I think that we need to reconcile within ourselves if we are truly going to trust God. Are you ready? Okay, let's go. The first thing that we need to reconcile is that trusting God means, number one, that I am not responsible for everything. I am not responsible for everything. See, I think we approach life a little bit like we approach unloading the groceries out of our car. We drive up to our house with the groceries, with a boot full of groceries. We open up that boot, boot, we take one look, we kind of scan the situation. You know what I'm talking about. You scan it and you think, hmm, how, what's, it, what's it like here? And you immediately think to yourself, yep, I've got this. I can do this all. I can carry this all myself. And then you take one look at the distance between the front door and the boot of your car. And you think to yourself, yeah yeah, I can do this all by myself and I can do it all in one go. And then you proceed to stack yourself up to the rafters. Am I right? Like you've got all the bags in your hand. You tuck something underneath your arm. I've been known to put something between my legs and waddle up to the front door like, come on. And then, you know, you hear this, honey, do you need any help? No, I'm good. Really? Because you kind of look like you could do this. No, no, I've got it. I'm all good. Am I anybody else out there? See, we have some t- somehow got this crazy notion that we have to carry it all and we have to carry it all ourselves. But can I tell you what trust means? Trust means letting go of the false responsibility that I have assigned myself to carry everything. Trust, mean, it means trusting God to carry what I shouldn't or couldn't carry. It means trusting others to carry what I shouldn't or couldn't carry. How many of you, like me, are trapped in the if I don't do it, no one else will cycle? Come on, Moses was. Moses knew what that felt like after leading the Israelites out of Egypt to a mountain where God downloaded the law and then leading them into the wilderness. And after just over a year of listening to their complaining and their moaning and their groaning, after a year of trying to fix their problems and tend to their complaints and intercede on their behalf and plead with God because of their mistakes, he finally snaps and he has a meltdown before the Lord. You know those holy meltdowns before the Lord uh, where we go to God like, ah, In Numbers 11, he has a meltdown, a holy meltdown before the Lord. And he says, he says, I can't do it anymore. He literally said, these words are in the Bible. He says, I can't can't carry these people by myself. They are too much for you, for me. Ever got to that point? Ever got to that point in your life? I can't carry this on my own. I can't carry this marriage on my own anymore. I can't carry this teenager on my own anymore. I can't carry uh, this relationship difficulty on my own anymore. I can't carry this financial pressure on my own anymore. I can't carry this family dysfunction on my own anymore. It is too much for me. Numbers 11 verse 16 says, the Lord answered Moses. He said, bring me 70 men from Israel known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will help you, listen, bear the burden. 
They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you do not have to bear it by yourself. See, some of you are feeling like Moses, like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. Some of you are feeling like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders because you are insisting that you carry everything. You have convinced yourself that you are responsible for everything. But in this season of chaos and confusion, trust is realizing that I am not responsible for everything. And for some of you, that means looking at your life right now and asking yourself, what am I carrying that just isn't mine to carry? Can I tell you, it's time to trust God with it. It's time to trust God with it. Here's the second thing I think we need to reconcile within ourselves if we're truly gonna trust God. It's this, trust means I may never fully get it. I may never fully get it. We will never trust God until we come to a place where we're okay with I may never fully get it. I would love to look at, get us to look at the book of Job for just a moment where we see a man whose life has been turned upside down. He's hanging. He's hanging from the very extreme ride. He is up there. He is 30 metres above the ground. He is literally hanging on for dear life. He's lost his livelihood. He's lost his kids. He's lost his home. He's lost his health. He's lost everything. And throughout the book of Job, we see his well-meaning friends, who turn out to be super irritating, trying to explain Job's hardships to him. They are trying to give him a reason for his suffering. How many, how many times do we try and do that in our life? We try, and, we try and figure out why this is taking place. You must have done something to deserve it. You must have some sin in your life, they were saying. God must be judging you. God must be punishing you. There must be a lesson for you to learn in this season. And the interesting part about the book of Job is that we get through 37 chapters of them trying to hypothesize why Job is suffering and then God speaks. And if you ever ask someone something and then listened to their really long answer and then realized that they didn't answer your question at all, you are still none the wiser. And I kind of feel like that's maybe how Job would have felt in this situation after God gave his speech. Because God responds to Job and his friends, but if you read it, you will notice that he doesn't actually answer their questions. He doesn't give them the answer that they are looking for. He doesn't give them a reason for Job's suffering. He doesn't tell them why and how and what and when. He doesn't tell them why. He simply reminds them of who he is. He simply reminds them that he is in control and he is sovereign over Job's life. Listen to this. It says in, in verse 4, 38 verse 4, it says, Where were you when I established the earth? I love that God answers this in a way that only God could do, in a very humbling way. He's like, where were you when I established the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, uh, who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know. Who stretched a measuring stick line, a measuring line across it? Who, what supports its foundation? Who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who enclosed the sea behind doors when it burst from the womb, when it made the clouds its garment and total darkness its blanket, when I determined its boundaries and put its bars and doors in place, when I declared, you may come this far and no further, your proud waves stop here. And it goes on and on. More verses like like that, verse after verse, and it, like it goes on and on for a very long time. What's it saying? It's saying when you are in a season of chaos and confusion, you may never fully get it, but you can know the one who does. 
And I am not sure what circumstance of confusion and chaos is bringing questions into your life that you are, not, you are just not getting the answers for, but can I suggest that you move your point of reconciliation from one that says, I need answers, to one that says, I need to seek peace even when I don't get my answers. Because trusting God means I have a place to take my questions. And while I may not find the answers, I can find peace in His sovereignty. Have you got a place to take your questions tonight? Have you got a place to take your questions and find peace despite the fact that we may never fully get it? Here's the third thing that I think we need to reconcile if we're gonna really trust God. It's this, trust means, number three, the rest is up to God. The rest is up to God. I've had to learn this. I've had to learn this. Can I tell you, 2021 was a big year. Like it was a huge year. The first six months of the year in my world were insane. We sold, bought, moved house. I released my book. Uh, we completed the enormous extension of the Botany Campus. It felt like a ridiculously massive, massive th six months where you look back and you go, what on earth happened there? What was I thinking? Booking all of those items, all of those things within the same six months. And I can remember clearly three weekends, the first three weekends of June. The first weekend of June, we moved house. The second weekend of June, we reopened the Botany Campus. And the third weekend of June, we hosted five or uh, 600 women here for a plenish conference. And I can remember in the planning stages leading into those three weeks, I remember sitting in a planning meeting and we were talking about everything that still needed to be done, feeling like I was like, you know, on the edge. I was maybe on the side of the ride at that point. And I remember turning to our worship pastor, Dan Owen, and I can remember in a moment of faithlessness, turning to him, when I'm supposed to be the leader who brings all the faith, I remember turning to him going, I don't know if we can do this. And he said to me this, he said, it's okay. We will just do as much as we can do. We'll go as far as we can go in the time that we've been given and God will just have to do the rest. We have no other choice. And I can remember on the third weekend, at Replenish Conference, standing in the new boardroom overlooking the cafe. I'm looking out the window over the cafe and I'm watching. I'm watching like 500 women drinking coffee, connecting, laughing, uh, you know, fellowshipping. I'm watching, I'm watching as God did the rest. I'm literally watching God at work. And the overwhelming feeling in that moment was not exhaustion. It wasn't stress or busyness, no. The overwhelming feeling in that moment was gratitude and the words came back to me, God will do the rest. And he absolutely did. And I realized in that moment what trust could look like in my life. Trust means in seasons of chaos and confusion, I can stand back and I can watch God at work. I can stand back and I can watch God at work. Sometimes guys, you cannot do more. Sometimes you just can't say more. Sometimes you can't give more. Sometimes there's no other way that you can be more. Your only option is to step back and let God step in. The rest is up to God. I'm reminded of so many moments in Scripture where people found themselves in the same scenario, the same situation where they had no choice but to step out in both obedience and inadequacy and God finished the work that they started. Peter, when he stepped out of that boat and onto the water, God finished the work Peter started. 
Noah, when he built that ark, having never, ever seen rain. Like God finished the work Noah started. Esther, when she entered into the king's court illegally to rescue her people, God finished the work Esther started. The woman who only had enough oil and flour, do you remember the story? She was going to bake her last loaf for her and her son. Then she, was, then she said, I'm just going to bake this loaf and then I'm going to die because we've got no other food and no other way of getting food. And then a man of God comes along and says, sure, do that, but can you bake me a loaf too? Like in that moment, I cannot imagine, you know, the, the anxiety and the worry as she poured out that last bit of oil to bake bread for somebody else, you know, but God, he stepped in and he finished what she started, he finished the work he started in her as she poured out the oil, it didn't finish. It didn't stop pouring. It didn't run out until her entire family was fed and it began to rain again. You know, an act of obedience that requires a trust that God can do what only God can do. What a beautiful picture of a God who steps into our lack. What a beautiful picture of a God who finishes the work He starts in us. What a beautiful picture of a God who carries His purposes through to completion. The rest, my friends, is up to God. I'm gonna ask the band to come and join me, love, because here's the last thing I wanna say to you on this topic of trust. If we are going to trust God, here's what we've got to know. We've got to know that when I know Him, trust is an overflow. When I know Him, trust is an overflow. Psalm 9 verse 10 says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who know your name trust in you. You ever been around someone who likes to name drop? You know, like... Like, hey, how's your day? Oh, yeah, it was all right. Like, oh, yeah, it was pretty good. Richie McCall walked past our building today. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, how was your day? Oh, it was all right. What are you doing on the weekend? Oh, you know, I was thinking about that while I was in the elevator right before Peter Jackson walked in. But I don't know. What are you doing? That's like, you know those people, right? They name drop. They just love to drop in a name of a famous person or someone that they know or someone that they, you know, and why do they do this? They do it because certain names carry credibility. And that credibility can be transferred to us when we are associated with that person. If someone else sends you somewhere, they often say, just tell them I sent you. Or just tell them, my, just give them my name. Because the name offers credibility. When I visited my dad at work, and I would get to the receptionist. If I gave them my name, she would look at me blankly. But if I gave her my dad's name, she would open the doors and welcome me in. Why? Because his name carried weight. It gave me credibility, not because of who I was, but because of who he was. So I'm just gonna name drop here for a second. I hope you don't mind. I don't know if you know this, but I know El Shaddai. Lord God Almighty. And I don't know if you know, but I know El Elyon, the Most High God. And I don't know if you know, but I know Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner, He is my hope. And I don't know if you know, but I know El Roy, the God who sees. And I don't know if you know, but I know Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. And I don't know if you know, but I know Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Do you know the Lord is there? Do you know the Lord who'll provide? Do you know the, the Lord 
is peace. Those who know his name can put their trust in him because his name carries weight and it adds credibility to his character. So if I know his name, trust becomes an overflow out of what I know of how he's working in my life. Trust means taking God at his word. It's believing that he is who he says he is, even in my season of chaos and confusion. And so my question for you tonight is, do you know him? Do you know him? Because he knows you. And I actually want to take a moment right now off the back of that question to speak to those people. Right now, you'd say that you are far from God. You'd say, Bex, I don't even know about this church thing. I don't know about this God thing. But here you are. Here you are listening to this message. And I wonder if God is drawing you closer to him in this moment right now because he knows you, he created you. He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind, but we all make mistakes. We mess up, we try and go our own way. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God, but God sent his son Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth and die a sinner's death on the cross to pay the debt that you and I would do for our sin. And then died on that cross and then he rose again to new life so that you and I could experience that new life in him. And I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. And I'm gonna invite every single one of you watching, no matter where you're watching from, if you're watching at a watch party, if you are watching just on your own in your living room, in your bedroom, in your car, I don't care if you are watching this purposefully or if you stumbled across this in the last few minutes, I'm speaking to you right now and inviting every single one of you to pray a prayer with me that says, I need Jesus in my life. I wanna make a decision to know God today. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray. We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due and I choose this day to follow you. Thank you that you have forgiven me. I choose now to live for you. I wanna turn my life around. I wanna start a new life with you. Thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can I just say to you, if you prayed that prayer, whether it was for the first time or whether you prayed it a long time ago but have been far from God until now, I wanna say to you, congratulations. We think that is the best decision that you could ever make and we're so excited. We want to be able to help you on your journey and so I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing for me. Take one more step. I'm gonna ask you, there's a button coming up on the screen right now. It says, I raise my hand. I would love for you to push that button. Right there, it says, I raise my hand. Just click that button. We'd love to be able to help you. If you haven't got a Bible, we'd love to get a Bible into your hands. If you wanna be connected in some way, if you want help on the next steps you should take on your journey, then we would love to be able to help you. Be brave. It's a big step, but it is one of the most important steps that you could ever Take, why don't you push that button? Say, Bex, I raised my hand. I prayed that prayer. Right now, I'm believing that people all across, wherever you're watching from, all across New Zealand, even overseas, you might be watching, that there are people out there and for the very first time, you prayed that prayer. You said, yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Absolutely incredible. Come on, wherever you're watching from, why don't you in the chat, why don't you celebrate with every single person who raised their hand? Why don't we congratulate them? Isn't God good? Come on, let's do it together. Incredible. Don. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. 
Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.